Episode 107, Weight Loss Blunders to Avoid When You Get Sick. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we empower you to reach your healthy weight goals with less wasted effort, money, and time. This is the podcast that uses evidence-based tips and tools to simplify weight loss for the ladies who've tried it all. If you struggle with obesity or being overweight, you're tired of endless dieting and never reaching your goals and just plain tired with life, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, obesity medicine certified physician, life and weight loss certified coach, Dr. Emily Vinzan. Let's get this episode started. It has been a week out here in Burton, Kansas. It's been a week with a holiday. It's been a, and this holiday, it's just like everybody felt off, right? We're recording this in advance and this is around the week after Halloween. And I'll tell you where Halloween hit this year. I feel like I even saw people talking about it all over where it was like, we all just felt like it just kept going because of where it hit in the week. Plus I had something like different every night this week. I was driving to the bigger city that's about 45 minutes away from us every day this week. My dad had surgery. Brian got sick. He has, um, quote unquote, a very um, sick illness that is essentially a man cold, (laughs) which means with my husband, he works all day and then he comes home at night and tells me he's too tired to do anything and needs to rest in bed. And then I get annoyed. So I want to share with you that it's just been one of those weeks where everything fills off. And this is going to happen in your weight loss journey. I always tell people that weight loss goes on the back burner when real life happens, but real life will happen. And so in all transparency, we started this podcast yesterday and I told my husband, I was a little frustrated in my coaching of my husband with it. So I said, we're just going to pause this. This episode is not helpful because we're literally just kind of nipping at each other. That's what happens when you coach your husband. But this morning he said something really interesting to me. And he said, I think that stuff actually kind of set in. I get what you're talking about now. So I just want Brian to share. Tell everybody with everything that happened with real life and you getting sick this week, what changed for you in terms of what you've been doing that's been so successful? And what did that show scale wise for you this week? What changed? I just didn't get up and do what I was supposed to do in the morning. I didn't. I got out of my routine. That's what changed. But the good thing. Why did you get out of your team? Because I, I didn't get up in the morning to do my workouts and stuff because I felt sick. I got up maybe two of the two or three of the five mornings and normally I get up every morning. And what did that create for you then? Tell everybody kind of how that led to the next level. It just got me off my schedule of doing my journal and stuff. Did you journal this week? A few days. Okay. Did you weigh this week? Yes. A few days. Yeah, I did. Did you weigh every day? I, I probably weighed three of the five days or six days. Yeah, I can tell you exactly. Okay. I know I did. So half the time, yeah, you had said that you like to weigh every day. Yeah. Let's talk about the days that you didn't weigh. Just Why like, didn't you weigh? Because I didn't get up and work out. And then part of the thing is I get up and work out. When I get done working out, I weigh myself. Okay. And I do my journal. So you just got out of the schedule. Yeah, I got There out were of no the thoughts behind you not weighing those days. You didn't even think about weighing. Well, I figured I didn't do my, I didn't do my workout. I'm not going to weigh. It's just, it's just yes. hand in hand. Can we just notice that correlation, right? Human brains do that. Like we link things together. Yet you're like, well, I just got out of the schedule. Let's look at this though, right? Oftentimes I tell my ladies like blunder number one is like one thing isn't working. So we let it all go. 
Now, I know you didn't let it all go this week because you didn't gain weight. You didn't lose weight, right? No, I stayed at my low, low level during this time. Yeah, which you, we could say is a big win yeah. for the history of weight loss, right? Like to be sick for a week, to have let the schedule that you've decided works for you instead of against you drop and be okay with that and not overeat so much that you gain weight is a win. But also, I think this is a great time to look at how do you do this next time and what did go off there, right? So I think the first blunder that we do when we get sick or when even if you're not sick, this can be when your schedule changes, when you know you have a week like I had, when you have a holiday week, is to say that one thing went, so it all goes. And by that, I mean, I didn't work out, so I'm not going to weigh. And I'm not going to weigh, so I'm not going to plan because the first thing goes in my journal is my daily weight. And all of a sudden you're walking out the door two weeks later and you're like, I haven't weighed, I haven't planned. This is what happens to us, right? So when we look at this process, Brian, you've shared on this podcast already some of the thoughts that really serve you about weighing and about planning every day. Let's re-emphasize those for your brain to get you back in a space where it doesn't have to to be only when I work out, am I okay with weight? No, I get it. But the good thing about the whole week, I had other habits that I didn't give up on. Yes, I agree. We're going to come to those. Yeah. And first, I want to help you create some more positive thoughts about the scale when you haven't worked out because that's what keeps you weighing whether you work out or not. I weigh every day. It doesn't matter if it's up or down. I don't make it mean anything about whether I'm going to succeed. What do you make it mean when you get on the scale and you haven't worked out? What would you think? And why wouldn't you do that? Figure I was going to be up and I didn't want to get frustrated. Yes, that's it. This is what happens. This is such a big blunder that happens to all of us. Because why would you be frustrated? Because it's not going the way you want it to go. And what do you make that mean? Frustration? Yeah, what causes you to be frustrated that it's not going the way you want it to go? Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm like kind of happy where it is this morning because I did the other things that I, I didn't eat all the junk food. I got out of the, I've, I'm, okay. I'm out of my bad habits. Okay. But I still want you to learn this first. I agree with that. Like there were things that went really well, but if you want to reach a point where five years from now, you're still weighing every day, we've got to get past the thought that the scale only works for me when I've met all the criteria. No. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So if this is the future, the healthiest version of you is to weigh every day so you know your progress. I'm guessing I know the thought underneath it, but I don't want to put it in your mind. So I want you to think through. What is your thought? Why would you be frustrated if you get on the scale and you haven't worked out? I just said because I'm not going down. Okay. Why does it matter if you're not going down and you haven't worked out? Why does it matter? Yeah. Are you saying it's only worthwhile to weigh yourself on the scale when you're doing the right things? I mean, historically, uh, I guess what you're saying, it doesn't really matter. Just do it. So let me just share with you what happens in my brain. And I know this is like to be kind of my inner voice because I've done this work on multiple levels now. And Brian knows that I've got some fun things coming for the rest of you. But it's my inner voice that says you're screwing up. Why weigh? Yeah. And I think, what's your variation of that? I think probably the, the difference between me and you is like, I don't think that deep into it, but I'm like, what's the point? What's the point? Is yeah, your inner I mean, voice? Like, but I'm not like but beating myself What's the point up. in not? I guess in the big scheme of things, like it doesn't really matter what a way today. Exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, but here's what I want you to know. Why would it matter that you weigh today? What would you learn by weighing on those days? If you weren't beating yourself up and getting frustrated, what would you learn on those days? Why would what, you weigh yourself? What direction you're going? Yeah, exactly what your body is doing when you're sick. Exactly what your body is doing when you don't work out. The difference is, is that when you start, and this is such a beautiful point, my dear lively ladies, when you start looking at the scale as just a number, not your personal value or what you've earned, it's like literally teaches you what your body does. So guess what? Next time Brian's sick, he's like, okay, here, Brian, you're not going to work out. Today, the scale is going to go up two pounds. It's going to be fine. In two days, it's going to be back up. We're good. Think of the lack of drama and long-term progress that being able to monitor your progress and manage your brain without drama in those times creates. Listen, I know you use exercise for you, but you also use it against you. You're getting on that scale because you think you're a little dehydrated. You think it'll be down. You just exercise. You're always not wearing clothing. It's first thing in the morning. Like you're literally in that space with the scale. Hey. Having no clothing on means I'm weighing myself the same way every day. So that's right. No, yeah. Why does exercise that. make it in or out? I just want you to notice this. I think it's a space no, for I, growth. I, mean, I get it. That so many of my ladies struggle with because we go like, here's what people will tell me. This is exactly what happens. They'll be like, all of a sudden I looked back and it's been two weeks since I journaled, planned, weighed myself or did anything. And I'm always like, well, what happened to start that for you? Because I don't ever do that anymore. Yet I, you know, the scale for me is up two pounds this week. I don't make it mean anything. You journal every day. I don't journal every day because I don't really need to because I know what energized eating is for me and I recognize when I emotionally eat. Now, do yeah. I always like, am I a hundred percent at not emotional eating? No. Do I do better at that when I journal? Yes. That's the value of where I'm at right now with it is that I know energized eating. I know exactly what foods do to my body, but I will see emotional eating start to trickle in. And I always weigh every day. Yeah. And because of that, I'll never end up 10 pounds off. You yeah. know what I mean? I know when I need to rein it in. And I think that's more of a maintenance long-term plan where you're at. You need to learn what your body is doing with these foods. Like you need to learn what works for you. You need to gain confidence in that. And the scale is part of that. Do you see that? Yes. Okay. So it's just a missed opportunity, right? That blunder just of stopping weighing leads to a missed opportunity. And then that leads to stopping planning because you literally are like, hey, I, I, I'm not even weighing. There's what is there to put in my journal. And then you're like, I don't know how I'm going to feel later today. So I don't know what I'm going to eat, right? That's where we go when we're in this space. It's so incredibly natural. My dear lively ladies, we all do it, Brian, we all do it. And I just want to help you get past that because the you become the version of you in five years who's not playing this game anymore when you start to realize how this works for you. I don't want to wait five years. I'm talking about a year. Okay, but I'm saying you'll be the version who's like slowly letting it slide back in because you stopped weighing because you didn't wait, you didn't work out for a week. And now you're at your goal weight. The story is going to be the same. Okay. I'm going to tell you the story ladies will be the same. I know we don't want it to be. We think like in the future, I'll magically be this version of me. But if you put these very simple things in place and you learn how to manage your mind around them, it changes <laughs> the whole trajectory 
And that's no, I, what we're in here for. We're not in here for another yo-yo. No, and I agree. Like, that's part of what I did good this weekend. It was like, I didn't eat, you know, junk snacks while we're watching TV at night. I just drank my water or whatever. I didn't, you know, I did have candy on a one holiday thing. But other than that. So let's move on to what you did say earlier, which is like, actually, you hit a new low today already on I the back end of this. I just tied it. You tied your new low. You were up like one pound at one point, right? No, uh, earlier in the week, I was up like from that low, maybe like four or five pounds. Really? Yeah, it was like when we got back from Lawrence and stuff, I think. But even before you got sick, you were up. Well, I mean, I started getting sick on Sunday, so. Yeah, this is what happens with life. It's like we were out of town. We had a holiday. We've been all over the place. It's not that you don't have intentions. And I did a podcast. No, not five pounds. I think. That, that's wrong. I was at like th three point something. And here's the beauty in this PS. If you edit weight and journal, you would know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you would know exactly. That's the beauty in this. I always tell people, think of your journal as like a treasure trove of information for you, not against that's you. That's why, I mean, I did. That's why I know I weighed myself like at okay. least three or four times because I know that weight, then I know the other weight, and then I know another. So I weighed myself four times in the last week. Okay. So... There were things that have definitely gone well. You did not get into the blunder that says, let me just eat everything again because I haven't had these foods forever and I deserve them and I feel like crap and my wife isn't home anyway to watch me or to cook dinner and there's holidays and there's lots of candy around, right? You obviously didn't do a ton of that. No. What would you say went well for you in that and what did not go well? What went well is I didn't do it every day. <laughs> You didn't do what? Eat all the junk. Why didn't you eat the junk every day? Because I don't want to go backwards. Okay. And I, I mean, I, I got better habits. So when you say better habits. I'm more mindful of what I'm, why this, I'm not doing it. Yeah. This is my hundred, has been a hundred percent, by the way. He says he never has a thought about food or anything. He just says, I just fixed the habit. So fixing the habit is changing the action. What were your thoughts that were different about food? in those moments than when than before if candy would have been in the house what would you have said to yourself before and what did you say to yourself now i mean before i wouldn't even have thought about it i would have just done it until the candy was gone why would you eat it till the candy was gone because i didn't have a plan i didn't care i didn't care yeah why didn't you care because it was good i wasn't thinking about it yeah it's mindless right yeah, it's yeah. essentially mindless but I'm going to tell you something. There is mindfulness behind that mindlessness. You just don't recognize it. It's just like on cruise control with your brain. And what it is, is it's good. I like it. I can have it. I deserve it. I want more. Of course, those things are true. You don't even have to argue with half of those. Like, why argue with the fact that candy tastes good? right? That's just a lower brain thing. That's like what our five-year-old says. But we as adults also have a higher part of our brain. And that's the part we have to be mindful about letting override the lower brain like cravings. I'm going to do a different podcast episode on this. But in that space, what was it that you told yourself? When you looked at that candy and you're like, I want it, what did you say? Kind of like what I'm doing right now. You always get to wear those fancy headphones. I kind of want a pair of headphones when I do the podcast going forward. <laughs> I just want it. I want some headphones. Okay. So go buy them. Well, I'm a special guest. Maybe you'll buy them for me. <laughs> okay. I get to wear the headphones. I'm the boss here. Okay. It's a little bit like our lower brain just wants it because yeah. we can, right? Yeah. It's like kind of toddlerish. So, but I want to know. 
why didn't you eat all the candy till it was gone? Because there's still a lot of candy in this house. Yeah, trust me. Just because I, I you even I, said I brought home chocolate cake, yeah. and you're like, I saw that chocolate cake so many times. What did you say to me this morning about the chocolate cake? You said it was gone. I said it's gone now. Don't worry. Yeah, that's why my scales up too. a bit. You gave me a, like a couple bites. Okay. So what did you say after a couple bites? What did you say about it when you saw it in the fridge? I would have had it gone the first night. It wouldn't even have made it to the refrigerator. I know. And it Normally. made it. It was in there multiple, multiple days. Yeah. I was like, like, that's still there. I know. That's the difference between managing your mind. That's how I know I can handle this stuff. It's never out of control for me. I may have some of it, but I don't say to myself, like, you ate a bite, Emily, so you might as well eat it all till it's gone or otherwise it's going to be calling your name tomorrow. Yeah. What did you say to yourself about that chocolate cake when you looked at it? I mean, it looked good. Okay. And it tasted good. Okay. But I'm... Did you just say it's my wife, she'll kill me if I eat it or no, what? I'm just like, I'm, I already, I mean, I know what I'm, I have a plan. I have a goal. I have a goal. So that's funny that you say that. You ready for this one? I did a goal distraction podcast a bit ago. We'll link it in the show notes. And, um... It was when I was doing this. Remember when I like gained weight and lost it a couple years ago and I wanted to do it through my program. And I found myself at this place where I got what I called goal distracted. And it wasn't that I ever didn't want to meet my goal. It was just that like when life hit, the blunder that I had was thinking that it had to be perfect. And so what I started telling myself is this goal matters too. It was a thought replacement that worked so well for me. This goal matters too. So yes, there's chocolate cake in the fridge. I want it. It tastes good. But this goal matters too. And how you navigate that looks different. There's no comparison. I mean, the cakes, like you're going to feel good for like a couple minutes when what you're really looking for is for the rest of your life. Right. But you have to remember that many times you have to override a, a couple minutes for the rest of your life. And oftentimes when we say, so like weeks like this, the blender that we get into is like, I can't have it at all, which is diet brain. Like I can't touch it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm... And or if I touch it, I can't stop myself. Those are diet brain blunder thoughts. I'm, I'm better at that now. So that's what I did with the candy. Why are you better at that? Because I think you were very black and white before we started this process with it. If you guys want to know, my husband would fast for five days and then he'd be like, okay, now let's have pizza. And I'd be like, honey, I know how this plays out. Like you're going to lose a lot of weight really fast and then you're going to regain it all. And I'm tired of watching you do this. It's so bad for your health. Like I was very frustrated with you in that process. Hey, I had pizza last night. But you were frustrated with me. And I know, let me come back to that. You were frustrated with me too, because you had heard me say this and you were like, it's annoying, Emily. And everybody just wants to lose weight. It's kind of annoying. I don't have thoughts. Do you see the value of this now? Well, I mean, even with the pizza last night, I mean, like, and they're not big pizzas, but normally I'm like, I'll eat that whole pizza. What did you say last night? Uh, actually, let's talk about last night for a second. I saw what happened last night. Well, I said, I'm going to put it away. And then I ate another piece before I put it in, but it's not that big of a You deal. ate like two more pieces. I didn't even <laughs> but say they're anything, little. but I watched they're you. They're very little. They are. It's like a little tiny personal size pizza. Yeah. But I saw <laughs> yeah. that because he goes... Normally, this is what happens. On Friday nights, we buy two pizzas. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't have a salad ready this time. We did not have salad, and right? I, and I requested And one. you did request it. And literally, I got distracted and there was no salad. So that was on me. But that being said, normally, we'll get these smaller, what are they? What size? Eight inch? I don't know. Yeah, they're they're... 
They're not that big. They're not big. And what happens is Eliza and I split a cheese in half and Brian eats <laughs> the meat by himself. And now that you're mindfully stopping when you're full, you're not telling yourself like this is so beautiful, by the way, he doesn't have to tell himself he can't have pizza. But I noticed you naturally doing this last night. You said, I don't need all of this. I'm going to put it up and put it in the <laughs> fridge. And then you started to do that. And you came back with maybe one or two pizza pieces of Judy. Yeah, like they're little. Two of them's maybe a normal pizza size. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, all of us have that blunder thought. Yeah. They're little. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> do you think you ate a little past mindfulness, mindfully full? Do you think you could have stopped it that first time? Probably. Yeah. Would it have made any difference? No. Right. Why do you think you ate the extras? Because I wasn't thinking. I was just eating. Yeah. The more mindful you are about this, the more you think. Just want you all to notice that even for someone like my husband, if you think like, okay, I created an energized eating plan and now it should just all be set. That's a diet, right? That's a diet. The energized eating plan looks at like, okay, am I full? And if I go back and get those extra bites, why did I do it? And as Brian starts, you can watch him. This is what's going to be so much fun to do with Brian when I've shared with all of you all in my Lively Lady Club that like it's making me get better because I watch these thoughts play out for him. And I just have to say it faster and more concise with you, but you get it. You'll come back to me later and be like, that was right. I, I get that now. And the more you get it, the less mindlessly <laughs> you eat. That's just it. The more you create these new habits because you create the disconnect, you're like, that didn't work. That, that wasn't necessary. No, and that's why I would say this week, I mean, I didn't do the structure that I don't have, but it wasn't a horrible week. No. So what were the things that were in place for you? I know you ate, you still did your fasting. You ate at the same eating schedule that you've been doing. Yeah. What else worked? You were able to literally walk away. Like you ate a bite or two of that chocolate cake and walked away. You were able to, did you feel deprived when you walked away from the chocolate cake? No. Isn't that amazing? Did you fight yourself over the chocolate cake? No. How about the Halloween candy? No, I just had a handful of wrappers and I figured, oh, I better go throw these away. And then I thought, eh, I've had enough. Yeah, that's enough. This goal matters so too. So you came back into the room, so. <laughs> Is that right? Is that really what happened? Some of the time, probably. <laughs> the police, the imaginary police have entered the room. He knows he's like, oh, we're going to get some mind management going on here. All right. I am so proud of you on this progress. And like, it just keeps coming. This is the fun of it, right? I always tell people this is the work. Does this feel like, like hard work for you? No. What does it feel like? Just living, kind of having, being disciplined, Live, living a more disciplined life yeah. with a purpose. Living the purpose and the passion. Right. You're telling me this morning, your new favorite Peloton bike riders, <laughs> like all these things. It's like, I mean, that is freedom. That's fun. That's easy to do this work. I want you all to just notice that the blunders start with like your schedule getting off whack, but you can anticipate that it's literally not being willing to grow through these. You can expect this to come for every single one of us. It's how you actively show up. It starts with the daily weighing. It starts with the daily planning. It goes to looking at the thought errors, your think, feel, eat cycles. It's all of that. It's that as simple plays as together. you want it to be. I mean, it's like you, you got to get in your routines and I got out of my routine. That's it. Yeah. So next time when you're out of your routine, do you think you can get I mean, even I, better results? Sure. I mean, they'll probably be similar. I mean, you're always going to get out of your routine, but you just got to not get out of it for too long. What if you got out of your routine and you lost weight? 
feel pretty good. Here's something amazing I want you to consider. People who are naturally thin, they actually kind of forget to eat when they get out of their routine. They just have a different relationship with food. I'm just planting that little seed for you to consider. I don't want you to start forgetting to eat. That's not energized eating. (laughs) That being said, we hold ourselves like we have these belief barriers where we're like, no, this is what's always going to happen. It's not what's always going to happen. You can create a different result. If you I want. think what you said is there's not at some stage in your life, you go from naturally thin to not because of your metabolism. Because I mean, all my life growing up, I was skinny. I'm Let just, me stop you right yeah. there. Okay. I'm going to lovingly tell you, I could eat whatever you may go from naturally thin to plus five to 10 pounds, but you don't go from naturally thin to plus 75 pounds. You just don't. That's not what our metabolism does. Okay, honey, you could argue all you want, but I'm a doctor. I know this. I know what the stats show with our metabolism alone. What I guess what I'm getting at is whether you're naturally thin or not, if you don't eat the right stuff, eventually it's going to catch up with you. Okay, honey, I think we're we're defining naturally thin differently. Yeah. You're talking about what the number on the scale says. I'm talking about people who have a different relationship with food. Oh, I don't know what that even means. Yeah, I'm talking about the people who could walk away after a couple bites of cake and not have any drama about it, who uh, just eat when they're physically hungry about... and not emotionally hungry. Yeah, we're talking about different versions. Okay, so was... I'm saying not dieting thin. Like people who just maintain their weight because they just don't think the same way or use food the same way. So that's a good point. And I can do a different podcast episode on this. Yes, your metabolism does change as you age, but that does not lead to 75 pounds weight gain. Hey, wait a minute here. I'm not saying you gain 75 pounds. He does not want it to be put on the table that he's 75 pounds overweight. Thank you, dear. It's fine. If you are, who cares? What does that number mean to you? If you're overweight, you're overweight. It's all the same thing. It's just a difference in relationship with food. Okay. You can have that really awful relationship and binge and starve and binge and starve and not have that much extra weight, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll end here. This can go on three different <laughs> podcasts right now. I still want It's a passion project of mine because I don't like people being weight shamed. It really, really bothers me. So you had to look at your thoughts on like what would be acceptable and what would not. What I'm talking about is naturally thin being like you're at your healthy weight gotcha. and you're not dieting to be there. Yeah. Like those are people who with metabolism alone, they may gain five or 10 pounds as they age, but they're not going to gain 75 to 100 pounds. That's a relationship with food issue. Agreed? 100%. Okay. We can close on that note. All right. So listen, in December, we are doing some magical things in our Lively Lady Club. So if you want to learn more about it, click the link at the show notes. And we will be ready to create magic in December and rock it out. So we're ready for January. If you love today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get the latest updates on all my new podcast episodes. Ready to reach your healthy weight goals and drop the endless diet cycle? Head on over to emilyvinzantmd.com and learn more about working with me in Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss, my virtual weight loss coaching program. The link is in my show notes.